Where I want to begin today, though, is an ongoing conversation around the Arrive Can app and whether we need, whether we ever did need, but certainly whether we still need the Arrive Can app. If you traveled out of the country, you're well aware of the expectation that you download, you make use of the Arrive Can app. And for a lot of travelers, it's, it's a bit of a hassle. And as we've seen recently, this can cause some problems. There was a glitch recently that sent out erroneous quarantine orders to more than 10,000 travelers. It wasn't sorted out, as we understand, for some 12 days. But glitches aside, what is this app actually accomplishing? And how concerned should we be about the privacy side of all of this? Well, somebody has written extensively about the issue, including a piece recently for the Center for International Governance Innovation on some of the transparency and accountability issues around the Arrive Can app, and an op-ed as well last week in the Globe and Mail, arguing that it's time for the app to go. Very pleased to welcome the program here this morning, Matt Malone, law professor at Thompson River University, specializes in trade secrets, confidential information, but as mentioned, has really focused a lot of his work on this recently. Professor Malone, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. So what is the, the standing justification, as we understand it, for the continued existence, perhaps even the perpetual existence, uh, of the Arrive Can app? So the app is justified in a legal sense through the Quarantine Act, um, and specifically an emergency provision in that act that allows the government to create conditions for entry to the country. So that's the legal basis for the app. Um, the government has passed an order that says anyone entering the country uh, as a condition of entry has to use the electronic means it designates to provide travel and health information. Now, how is this different than, than before when we didn't have the app? Obviously, you know, you need a passport, you need to make a customs declaration if you're, you're entering the country. Uh, how fundamentally different is entering or re-entering Canada now in this world? Well, the app was developed in April 2020, specifically in the context of we didn't have vaccines and we needed to, we had a, this 14-day um, quarantine requirement for folks that were entering. And then when it was unveiled as a mandatory requirement in November 2020 for air travelers and then subsequently in February 2021 for all travelers, we were still in that phase where many people entering the country needed to have uh, quarantine um, sites provided. And so to identify that and then subsequently to uh, make space for individuals to upload their vaccine information, the app created uh, functions to do that. We've seen the purpose of the app change over time, however. So about a month ago, or not even a month ago, the government um, announced that it was weaving into the architecture of the app uh, a function that used to be called e-declaration, which was to do customs and immigration, which has nothing to do with health information or vaccination information. So we've seen the app go from really having a targeted focus on health to now having a wider focus on collecting all different kinds of uh, customs, and um, customs and declaration information that you would normally just give to the CBSA officer themselves. Right. So the government has talked about this as a way of modernizing the border. So it seems to be less about uh, public health or less about protecting public health and more about, well, I don't know, something much different. I think that characterization is right, but it's worth recalling that the app is still enforced as a mandatory app right. through the quarantine order. So even though the shift is moving away from public health purposes, the underlying law that still requires you to use the app because it is mandatory 
is the Quarantine Act. And I think that's a pretty concerning development uh, in sort of the shift in purpose with the shift in the original mandate, the original authorizing legislation. Um, you know, ArriveCan states very clearly in its privacy notice that the penalties in the Quarantine Act can apply for failure to comply with a quarantine order that you receive from the app. Those penalties under the Quarantine Act go up to $750,000 or six months in jail. Now, if you're an individual who got a glitchy notification from the app telling you to quarantine and you are aware of those penalties and you're obeying a glitch, I think that's a very serious problem. So there's been a shift away from the public health purpose, despite the fact that public health legislation is the underlying basis for the app and why it's mandated to use. That mandatory piece, I think, is a fundamental part of the story, because if we don't like sort of the decisions or the processes that um, certain automated decision, automatic, uh, automated, uh, automated decision making or algorithmic um, sort of governance processes are using, generally we can opt out of those processes if it's in the form of, you know, our Facebook algorithm or our Twitter algorithm. But when it comes to a mandatory app where there's no opt-out and where the data is collected, retained for at least two years, which is what this is happening with ArriveCan, and subject to other uses that we don't know about, um, I, I think there are great concerns there. And I think the fact that the app has deviated from voluntariness towards um, a mandatory usage is concerning. It also defies um, a declaration that was put out in 2020 from the privacy commissioners of every single government in Canada, the federal government, the provincial governments, the territorial governments, saying that if you're going to use health apps in the context of fighting COVID-19, you've got to make them mandatory. Uh, oh, sorry, you've got to make them voluntary right. because that's indispensable to building trust. And with that, you need to provide as much transparency and accountability as possible. And the government just hasn't done that. Um, we know nothing about the app. We know nothing about who created it, apart from the names of five entities. That wasn't released until two years into the pandemic. We don't have access to uh, any of the underlying source code for the app, um, which you can contrast with the COVID Alert app, which was completely open source. Uh, we don't know anything about the algorithm, the optical character recognition algorithm that verifies people's information because it's classified as a trade secret. Well, it's the thing. Look, I'm not so naive. I think the government doesn't already know a lot of stuff about me. And, and if I'm traveling internationally, they're probably going to be well aware of that as well. But mm. still, I mean, when the government's requiring us to use these apps, privacy laws do come into play. So what, what are the concerns on that side? Well, the current privacy and data protection laws don't actually do a lot to stop mandatory data collection. As you know, the government has the ability to collect all different kinds, collect, retain, use all different kinds of data from uh, citizens. I think what's unique about the ArriveCan situation are probably three things. First, that it's being authorized through the Quarantine Act. So the mandatory aspect is accompanied with rather significant penalties. You know, there's a $5,000 penalty if you refuse to use the app. Um, but then if you refuse to obey a quarantine order from the app, the penalties can go up to $750,000 or six months in jail. So I think that's a really interesting part of the story here, the use of public health emergency measure legislation to enforce uh, mandatory data collection, retention, and use. I think the second part of the story is that the government does engage in mandatory data collection of all kinds, um, and generally speaking, folks have the right to gain access to the information that has been collected about them through the Privacy Act. Um, with 
ArriveCAN, we don't really have the ability to understand how the app is making decisions, um, what are the basis for its decisions. We know that the algorithmic impact assessment that was done, which has to be done for any time the government uses an algorithm, um, did not test for predictability in its results, did not test for bias or discrimination in its outcomes. It doesn't log overrides. So it really skips over really basic uh, oversight and um, accountability measures. So that's the, the other part. And then the third one is the government has admitted that we've got a glitchy app. You know, they've admitted it took them two weeks to do it, but they finally admitted that 10,200 people received these erroneous notifications. And so the fact that the government is in possession of all of the information uh, to really let a, for, for a, a properly accountable app makes this a very unique situation from a, from a data collection, retention, and use perspective in my mind. By the way, I mean, is there any credible evidence to suggest that this is helping to uh, streamline anything at the border, that this is useful to border guards, any of those arguments that we've heard? So I'm definitely not a health expert. I'm coming at you from a legal perspective. Sure. But for me, I think you can look at the statements from the CBSA union and spokespeople. They've said very clearly that the app slows them down. They said that they're short-staffed and basically they're serving as IT consultants. Um, you know, there have been a lot of uh, pictures that have been posted on Twitter and other social media of folks in sort of these snarls at the border. Um, because if folks don't have their ArriveCAN filled out, the CBSA officers are, in effect, helping people fill it out. And so rather than streamlining things, it's slowing the border down, which, in effect, in my view, increases the opportunity for risk for exposure to the virus. I mean, this is just one of the health oversights. The app doesn't even log booster shot information for most people. So I'm not sure that it achieves its fundamental health purpose in that regard. And I think when we look at the CBSA officers themselves and we listen to them, they're saying very clearly that, you know, the app is getting in, getting in the way. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that it is achieving that purpose. I think it's an attempt, you know, rather obvious attempt to train Canadians and travelers to use this modern border approach, uh, but it's doing so through the Quarantine Act, which I think is inappropriate. The government previously had um, a voluntary app called e-declaration, which collected customs and immigration information, but it was voluntary and no one wanted to use it, and it was downloaded about 100,000 times. The government has since taken e-declaration, renamed it Advanced CBSA Declaration, and put it into ArriveCAN two weeks ago. And so now that once voluntary app is now in a mandatory app, and even though that function of the app is voluntary, whereas the vaccine travel uh, health information is still mandatory, it's already there. So they're, in effect, muscling, sort of using the Quarantine Act to, to train people on this border modernization approach. I think it's very concerning. You know? I, 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 one thing that, for me, strikes me as concerning as well is it undermines the... There are risks inherent in using emergency public health measures in this way, um, where, you know, you risk the legitimacy of needing to invoke them in another context where people go, well, the last time you invoked them, you used them for something that wasn't actually public health related, so now I distrust you when you're using them. That, to me, is a risk. I think if you instrumentalize public health emergency legislation in that way, it carries that risk. And there's a short-termism there that I think we need to be very conscious of. Conscious of. Well, we'll leave it there for now. Some great insights, uh, some important context uh, to, to all of this. Professor Malone, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it.
Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Uh, that is Matt Malone, law professor at Thompson Rivers University uh, in B.C. has written extensively about some of the issues with the Arrive Can app. Uh, why do we need it? Why does it need to be mandatory?